Okay, hello everyone. You've joined the Independent Visually Impaired Entrepreneurs and the American Council of the Blind Students for this particular session on entrepreneurship. What is it? And we'll let Erlene give the codes before we start. Okay. Beginning CEU codes. And this is for those who registered for CEU credit, continuing education credit. B as in Bravo, three, F as in Frank, D as in Delta, D as in Delta. Again, I will repeat, B as in Bravo, three, F as in Frank, D as in Delta, D as in Delta. Thank you, Erlene. Well, this is Artis Bazin, president of the Independent Visually Impaired Entrepreneurs. And I'll first just uh, tell you a little bit about our organization. We are an organization for business owners and anyone wanting to learn more about owning their own business or nonprofit. We have a website. It's ivie-acb.org. And you can go on that to learn about our current members and anything you want to know about Ivy. And Stephen Salas, would you like to share a bit about students? Sure. Um, so I'm stepping in for Minha, the president of ACB Students. Um, the affiliate is for any and all students um, ranging from all ages. Um, if you want, if you guys want more information, you can look them up on Facebook and Twitter at ACB Students, and you can find them on acbstudents.org. That's acbstudents.org. Thank you. <clears throat> I'll uh, start out with uh, just a little bit about how I got started in business. My business currently is Basin Communications. But I started actually in food service management with a BEP program, the Business Enterprise Program, uh, with four Randolph Shepard vendors. I lost my sight at 20 and had the opportunity to go into training to be my own business owner in food service management. And I was in that business for a number of years. And then I decided to move to California and I would have had to start from scratch. And I had in the meantime gotten my BA degrees and my masters and decided to just change careers and started this business as a speaker, business coach and writer. So I've transitioned into that business and I've been doing that now for 20 years. Business ownership is not easy. It takes time and planning and we'll give you tips along the way, but I'll let Carla and Stephen introduce their sales and their business and then we'll start answering questions. And if we don't have enough questions, we'll tell you some tips ourselves. Thanks. Okay, my name is Carla Hayes, and I'm the Vice President of Ivy and actually their um, program chair for conventions and our newsletter editor. And my business is called Lengua Learn Communications. And I have a motto, Lengua Learn Communications, where good communications lead to good relations. 
And essentially, it's a language school. I teach foreign languages. Um, I do Spanish, French, German, English as a second language, and even some Latin. And I produce educational products. Um, and as a sideline on the business, I've, I've been offering um, blindness products and communication products at conventions because um, sometimes I'll go to, con we'll have exhibits and people don't have the opportunity to get up and close and personal with products. So I've just been repping them through, um, through my business. But really the business is primarily a language school. And I've been in business since August the 6th um, in um, 31 years ago, back in 1989, I got the charter for my business. And I've worked all my life as a teacher, school teacher, translator, um, tutor. And I was doing some corporate work between teaching jobs. And one of my corporations said to me, you know, you would get further if you actually established a business and you could get out more into the corporate world. So I did. And I named my business Lengua Learn. Lengua means language or tongue in Spanish. So it's L-E-N-G-U-A hyphen learn, L-E-A-R-N, communications. And um, through the business, I, I produce some um, courses. I have this dynamic communication course that um, teaches you good communication skills. And I have several other products like that. And a, um, I also produced an ESL course for um, Boston National Public Radio back in 1991. And now I have the rights to the course so I can sell it myself. And um, just some things like that. And um, so uh, that's basically what I do. And I also have a part-time teaching job at Central Christian Academy. But that's, um, that's what I'll tell you about myself for now. So, hey guys, I'm Steven Salas. Um, I'm an artist slash musician slash podcaster. Um, I started my business, which is a self-promoting self business um, myself as a musician artist at the age of 15. The minute I picked up a guitar and tried to sing, <laughs> um, I did go to school um, years later for music business promotion and uh, performance and technology. Um, I learned the art of promoting, the, the art of performing, and learning how to record and, and publish my own music. Um, it took a lot of years uh, to figure out how good I was and how not good I was at uh, performing and promoting myself. Um, it took a lot of empty venues and um, performances to only family to start promoting outside of the area. Um, I... You know, I, I host a podcast as well, um, My Blind Life, which is everywhere on all streaming platforms. Um, when you start performing in front of people, you develop a way of speaking, connecting personally with individuals. So it's kind of unconventional. Um, usually people don't see an artist or a musician as a business, as, you know, a, a, a person as a business, which, you know, if you start performing, you start making money for yourself as a musician, you are technically a business. Um, some people may not see that, but it really is. Um, that's how you start building your, your credibility within the music business and the music industry. But uh, yeah, um, like, like they said, we're, we're here to help you to promote yourself and, and give you tips and tricks. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Stephen and Carla. I appreciate that. 
I know one of the things people have to consider when they start a business is why am I starting the business? Because if you don't have a real purpose and objective, it's going to really hurt you in starting your business. So I think we'll first go into seeing if we have hands for particular questions. And then if we don't, then uh, I'll list some things that you might want to consider and uh, Carla and Stephen can jump in as well. So do we have any hands yet? Yes, we have. Yes, we have some hands. Kelly James, if you could unmute your microphone. Hello, uh, my question is, um, do you have any resources for um, clients to be able to view online to help them write a business plan? Um, yes, there is a link on our website to sba.gov and that website does have a, a how-to to write a business plan. And also if you wanna send me an email, um, a Bazin at basincommunications.com. I actually have a list of questions that you need to answer before you even start writing your business plan. So uh, both of those uh, could be helpful resources. But the website has all kinds of links to different kinds of services. But the one, the SBA.gov specifically has a business plan. And it's pretty clear on there. In fact, I think it even has a tool where you can just write it on there. But I'm not sure how easy it is to use. I pretty much just looked at it through their you know, what they had on it, what their questions were, et cetera, when I was using it. We have one more hand raised, but he needs to unmute his microphone. Ankar? Oh, yeah, uh, unmute. Yes, hi. Thank you. I, I, I'm Ankar. Um, I was actually, um, so my question is, um, I'm actually starting from scratch a brand new business. Um, I've gotten a few requests over the years. Um, my degree is in IT, and um, I guess I've gotten a few requests for making websites for people in, in the past, and um, I kind of want to start that business up. And I was wondering which path should I go on? Should I create an LLC, or how should I go about registering the business if I want to go on the path? Okay, there's a couple of things to look at. First of all, uh, creating an LLC is going to cost you some money. Uh, and different states have varied rules on uh, creating an LLC. I know California, it's very expensive to uh, mm -hmm. register an LLC, and other states might not be as expensive. There are mm -hmm. advantages and disadvantages. The disadvantages, the expense, and a list of rules you have to go to, et cetera. The advantage is you have less liability if you're incorporated because then your business takes on more liability. Mm -hmm. But then you have to have insurance for that corporation and Correct. their insurance is higher for an LLC or a corp okay. than it is for a um, business. And also it depends on how liable you might be. I mean, if you right. ruin somebody's computer and you don't pay for it, they right. can sue you, et cetera. So it's, you know, it depended on how much you plan to mm -hmm. uh, do things that might mm -hmm. really hurt another business. 
And then, so if I want to go freelance and not create an LLC, how, how would that process go? You'd be a sole proprietor. You could, you could declare yourself as a sole proprietorship. And what you would do is you have to, you'd have a um, register your business. And I know this sounds silly under a fictitious name and, um, you know, you would, um, you would register your business that way. And the only, um, again, the, the big difference is um, with corporation, there are all kinds of rules, whether you do um, an LLC or an S corp might be another way of going. That's sort of a hybrid mm -hmm. between a, a sole proprietorship and a corporation. But if you don't incorporate, um, you do have more liability. Um, if you get sued, you get sued personally too. That right. said, um, even if you have a sole proprietorship, um, I know myself, I have to have insurance because I have students coming in, some adults, some children. And so I have to have liability insurance on, on, on that in case somebody would fall and get hurt um, or somebody, somebody um, would make a claim or something. So, um, but it would be less expensive as a sole proprietor to go out and buy the insurance than it would be to, um, you have to buy insurance as okay. an LLC or a corporation. Wouldn't you agree, Artis? Um, yes. Another thing, you do have to uh, get a federal identification number if you're uh, doing a business. Now, you can file, if you're doing a uh, so proprietorship, you can just use your social security number uh, as your, um, you know, identifying number for your mm -hmm. nonprofit. But it's, I uh, had a federal ID number from my previous business, and I just rolled it over when I changed businesses, and I've kept it. And you definitely need it if you're going to hire anybody to work with you then you okay. have to have a federal ID number. If you're just by yourself and aren't ever planning to hire any employees, mm -hmm. then you can just use your social security number. So and that's so up to you. Does that include if I want to um, hire like an external contractor for like one project or two projects? Well, you could um, subcontract. You could hire people as subcontractors or if it's going to be somebody permanent, you might want to consider a limited partnership type of okay. Um, okay, I, I mean, I, I'm just thinking ahead, but I'm just, uh, so for, for one man, so what do you think for starting out, should I do an LLC, or, I mean, if they can afford it, or should I just go with the S-Corp for now? I would start as a sole proprietorship first, and see okay. how it's going to go, because since you're just starting something new, a new venture, mm -hmm. you probably don't want to put out a lot of money to get an S-Corp or a LLC because you're not sure where your business is going to go. But Correct. as soon as you see your business is flying around, around doing wonderful business, then you can consider that. And you can consider that at any time in your business growth as you go mm -hmm. along. I mean, it's something you can change pretty easily. So. Okay. And, uh, and then one last question. Sorry to hold up, but how did you, how do you uh, pay for the, I guess the, the the taxes and all that stuff. How do you claim for those on, on, on when you have a brand new business, but you're not doing an S corp or you just um, sign up for your state. Um, it's usually um, you have a tax office or uh, attorney so, general's office. You just sign okay. your business up because, like 
Carla said, you have to sign up a fictitious business plan if you have a different mm -hmm. name other than your name. If your business is totally under your name and you don't have a business name, you don't need to do that. Okay, but if so you have a business name, you have to uh, get a fictitious name uh, license right. you know, from your county. You have to mm -hmm. submit that license. And then some cities also have a business license that you have to have to have a business in your community. So you really mm -hmm. need to check into the regulations in your local community. Probably okay. your Chamber of Commerce would be a good a place to start to ask them what the rules and regulations are uh, for starting a business in your community. Because okay. if you're going to do anything online, they're going to find that you're a business and then you might get fined if you don't. Correct. Yeah. Right. And um, another a couple of things to keep in mind um, is, and I don't mean to keep butting in, um, but um, when you do your, your taxes, um, don't make the mistake of trying to do it by yourself and making a mistake. I know I got an accountant after I had an audit just because I put something on a wrong line. Um, mm -hmm. But what will happen is um, you, when you set up your business, you will, um, in addition to to doing your, you, you can't do the 1040 EZ anymore. Um, in addition to um, um, filing uh, the 1040, you will file a Schedule C for self-employment. And if you take deductions, um, something that you have to think about is if you um, go in the red, any th um, three of any five consecutive years, you have to be careful because they could um, declare you as a hobby and you wouldn't be able to take deductions anymore. Okay. And so um, you want to keep good books and good records. And um, you want to also, um, I would suggest that um, you, you do the quarterlies. Um, you, you have to do the quarterlies. But I would suggest another resource is SCORE. SCORE is the Service Corps of Retired Executives. Mm -hmm. And SCORE is, um, and you can get, you can sign up for a SCORE seminars and you can get the SCORE mentors to help you. Um, and mm -hmm. they can help you with some of the ins and outs of these things. And if you go to the S, um, SBA.org website, they have mm -hmm. all the breakdowns of the various business types and the advantages and the disadvantages of doing them that way. So okay. you've got a lot to think about. Um, did I miss right. anything, Artis? Okay. Uh, yes, Thank you. The SBA also has mm -hmm. uh, community development centers. Now they're mm -hmm. not in every city, but uh, they're in most larger cities. And in the com uh, community development centers, that's a lot of times where you find the SCORE people in your local community. And you can okay. also do a lots of online courses with SCORE. So if you uh, get onto the SCORE website, they'll give lots of courses you can sign up for. Some are free, some you have to pay a low fee to learn how to do them. And they have courses on all those exact same subjects. So okay. it is helpful. One thing that I've used through the years, um, I was a bookkeeper before I lost my sight. So I do all my own uh, taxes and so forth. And for federal and state taxes for the end of the year, I use a uh, tax act online, T-A-X-A-C-T-Online.com. And there's also a TurboTax. And both of those, if you're fairly savvy with accounting, and uh, they have uh, 
a direct way. They'll ask you questions all the way through your tax forms, all the way through your uh, Schedule C. And it has an alert system at the end to tell you what you're missing. And they have a tutorial right online that you can do. And I always pay for the little bit. Uh, that you can do it for free. But if you pay the fee, then you can even call them on the phone and ask them questions. So those two systems are good if you don't want to spend a lot on accounting and you're fairly knowledgeable. But if you aren't sure where to go with accounting, it's always a good CPA would, would be a good mm -hmm. way to go if you can afford one. Okay, thank you so I much. I don't share artists' accounting. I am so terrible at math and accounting and all that. And I've learned everything the hard way when I started my business. <laughs> and you know, two plus two is 22. And they're trying to tell you, four. if you write a two and a two next to it is 22. So you see why I got in a little bit of trouble. Not that bad, but you know what I mean. Yeah. All right, thank you. You're quite welcome. And I want to wish you the best, too. We have is there no another more question? Hands. Nope, we have no more hands. No more hands. Wow, that's surprising. Oh, no more hands? Oh, okay, I, I misunderstood you. I thought you said you had a hand. Okay. Oh, no, sorry. No more hands. Okay. So one, one thing I want to add to, um, you know, we're talking about fictitious names. Um, one of the things that you kind of don't want to get in trouble with, if you use a fictitious name, you want to get that um, copyrighted too because other people might take that name or you might take someone else's name and you want to just cover your grounds and you don't want to change your whole business name if it's already been taken or someone might take it from you. Um, same thing like with websites, you don't want to take someone else's website. Or if, if you're using it and someone buys that name, they can uh, try to see you over it. And when you do that, also try to use it, uh, try to get a DBA because you'll be doing business as that fictitious name for your tax purposes as well. Yes, and also I know when I registered LanguaLearn, we had to search for that name and thankfully it didn't exist. It was a word I made up because there was, there's a LanguaLearn with an A, L-A-N-G-U-A learn that I know about. They do um, educational products and there are things with Lingua, but um, so when I searched for and I registered the name, it's mine. And um, so that's something we, in mind. we do have. We do have two more hands oh, raised. Good. Do you want to take those questions? Sure. Norma, if you can unmute your microphone. Hi, group. Hello. Hi. Yes. Uh, two things. First of all, um, I started my business last October and I researched my name because copyright can get rather involved and, and, uh, uh, money involved, a little expensive. So I researched my name and when I found that no one else had that, then I got my DBA. The second thing, anyone on Bookshare, um, use their, uh, there's a ton of books on Bookshare, like uh, Starting a Small Business for Dummies, um, Home Business for Dummies, there's all kinds of small business, there's books on uh, small business accounting, all kinds of things. I am a kind of person that needs a book that I can, you know, go back to back and forth as I do different things and different steps. So I've made good use of the Bookshare. Oh, yes. Bookshare has a lot of good books, uh, you know, a lot of professional books, and we're getting a thunderstorm. So I'm moving my computer in case you wonder what we're doing. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is a fantastic resource. Well worth the money. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And you said we had one more question? Yes, Edward Cohen. Hello, everyone. Um, Hello, I Edward. Going. I started my business uh, five years ago, and um, it's an online and a retail business. Um, I found that when I registered my domain, uh, it was wise to buy some additional domains to bracket it. And so I'd suggest if you're going to uh, get a domain, you might want to do some tricky spelling so that someone doesn't land and uh, confuse other customers by putting a website up that's similar. That's great, great information. I know I have several. I have um, basincommunications.com, artistbazin.com, and then under uh, my book, main book title, buildingblockstosuccess.com. So that way it's, it kind of covers a wide range. And I also have one with my uh, Z Y N is which is correct, and Z, um, uh, Z instead of Z Y, it's Y Z N because a lot of people want to put Bayes and B A Y Z N <laughs> instead of B A Z Y N. So yeah, that no, it's a good trick to remember. Thanks. We have a telephone call from area code eight zero eight. Eight zero eight. Good afternoon. It's still morning here. Uh, my name is Kenny Johnson. Uh, good morning, artist Carla. We hope you guys are fine. Uh, the gentleman on car that was speaking. I'm assuming it's the on car from here in Hawaii, uh, and it is a small business development center, and it's located on Woodlawn Avenue at the UH Manoa campus. So you can look that up. Uh, and they do um, presentation and PowerPoint um, introductory to their services. And you can go to one of those and they would tell you basically everything you need to know, where to go do an LLC, uh, and just all of the information in regards to what they do for people trying to start a small business. And I found out that here in Hawaii, generally an LLC will cost you between $1,200 and $1,500 to register. But they're a great resource. The gentleman there that you need to speak to is Dennis, if you're the encore from Hawaii. Thank you. Right, and in your area, many local call, many local colleges and universities have their, you know, have an SBCD, uh, you know, a small business SBDC, small business development center, and they're they're great. Not only do they provide education, but they provide um, even resources. Like um, sometimes they'll have a copy machine that you can use, and you know, office space that you can, um, you know, that you can do some work in. You don't rent it or anything, but they have all kinds of resources. And in my experience, they differ depending on what institution they are associated with and where you live. So um, I would say go to your local chamber of commerce and your local colleges and universities and see what they have. Another thing you can do is go to your reference librarian at your local public library and you can get a lot of information that way. 
We have Thanks. some more hands raised. Do you want to um, take them later or oh, go ahead now? Go ahead. Five zero five. Go ahead, please. Yeah. yeah. Hi. Um. This is Ellen here in New Mexico. Um. I just wanted to give you some more information. If you are not, uh, you know, good with numbers and you don't doing your own taxes, you can uh, get an accountant to help you do that. Um, we did that, and it's helped us immensely with the, with what we're doing. So I just wanted to do that, say hello, and and uh, go from there. Thanks, Ellen. H&R Block is a good resource, um, and you can get individual accountants. I know I go to our local office, and um, I got an accountant that specializes in small businesses. Um, but um, there are a lot of good resources that way, too. But I agree with Ellen. Now, if you use H&R Block, I would caution you. Make sure you ask for... Uh, one that's been in business for a while, because H&R does get interns, brand new people quite frequently. And I used them for three or four years just to, you know, make sure that mine was, when I first started, it to help me out. And I was very concerned when he came, well, I'm coming out with a different number, but that's okay. We'll just put the extra under miscellaneous. Well, I, that, I never went back to H&R Block after that incident. So if you're going to use them, make sure that you ask for um, someone that's been there a long time and has weathered audits, et cetera, because you don't want to end up with somebody that's just throwing things together. Yeah, my business, um, where I live in McMurray, we don't have that problem there. Um, you know, it's the same people who've been there for years and they, they have a team and um, there's somebody that sort of specializes in small business and she's my regular, um, but every H&R Block um, office is different. So maybe that will happen more if you get into a, a big metropolitan area, but you're right. Um, it's, it's good to have a regular accountant wherever you get that person. And Are there more questions? Experience. 503 area code, go ahead. Damn it. Uh-oh. We got you. Yep, we, you're coming in. <laughs> oh, uh, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry, I... Uh, iPhones. All right. Um, Mike, first of all, how do you balance between getting a website that's unique enough that no one's going to take it and getting one that's so impossible that no one's ever going to be able to enter it right. I mean, right now I've got, uh, I don't even have, I don't even have a business yet. I'm kind of, I kind of got the website first and then uh, it, it's going to start off as a blog. And then as I figure out what, if anything, my business is going to be, um, <laughs> but it's easy. Yes, I guess, because I've, it's just my name.com basically or nickname.com, but it's, but it's my nickname 
which is easy, my last name, which is not easy, I was not blessed with a simple name, dot com, but there's room for error if you enter it wrong, but uh, I don't expect to have the problem of someone taking it, taking it over that's not me, but... So I, I, I can help you out with that one. Sense. Yeah. Um, so with that, depending on what you're doing, I would go with whatever, like let's say your, your blog is about uh, guide dogs or just dogs in general. Um, you want to make it catchy and make your domain name something that reflects what you're talking about. Um, it, it, uh, if you use your name, um, like you said, some people can't misspell it and easily misspell it. Um, you can always just use your first name and whatever you, it is you're um, talking about. Um, and you just want that to reflect in all, everything you're promoting yourself on, whether it is Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram, anything, YouTube. I know for me, uh, I use my name because I'm not only just a musician. I, I, offer, I do a lot of um, uh, podcasting. I do editing and music. So it's just all around, but, on my Facebook page, mm. I, I use Stephen Mike Music, and uh, that way everyone knows what exactly my page is about. So you want to have something that's creative, but something that sticks to what exactly you are doing. Well, the other thing to remember is the main reason most people go to your website is because you either have a Facebook page or LinkedIn page, or you have business cards with your website on it. And the more you go to networking events, hand out your business card, hand out flyers, brochures, etc., they're all going to have your uh, website on them. So Correct website on it. That's true. That, yeah, that way there's less times that people are going to go to the wrong site. Usually, when people go to the wrong site, it's because they heard your business name, like in mine, for example, a Basin. Well, right. Basin's going to be spelled wrong, and so that's why I have the wrong spelling as another domain. And I think. As long as you do those kind of things, I don't think you're going to have an issue. Okay. And I, I assume that I, I had assumed that I could just, uh, I'm nowhere near, uh, okay, I need to file business taxes, obviously. But when I get to that point, I had just assumed that the, the same accountant that I go to with just personal taxes would be able to handle business taxes. I wonder if I should instead, I, I guess I, I guess it depends on the person, but I wonder if that's a safe assumption or should I be asking her, do you have an associate or a person that you would refer business customers to? Or you could just ask I mean, how many business, between... yeah, you could just ask her how many business uh, clients she has that have their own business. You know, that might answer the question, you know, right there. Okay. Okay. And sorry about earlier, I was expecting I needed to do something to unmute, and then, of course, my phone was, I wasn't in the call. You're, good. You're okay. No problem. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm going to lose the ability to talk because they're going to get tired of waiting, understandably. All right. Thanks. Have a good day. You have a good one. Okay. We have no more hands raised at the moment. Okay, well then I'd like to answer a question I get a lot. I get calls from people who want to have their own business, but aren't sure if their skills would qualify them to have an, their own business, and have had trouble getting a job, 
or just want to try something new, want to retire and have some income coming in, etc. I always tell people there's lots of network-based organizations that you could do business as, like, for example, Party Light, Mary Kay, Avon. Um, there's numerous ones on nut nutrition products, etc. One thing to keep in mind if you're going to do that kind of thing is make sure you understand up front what the fees are. There's a wide range of costs associated with doing a product uh, company. Uh, some of them are, they require you to pay a monthly fee to have uh, a website. They might charge you fees for their brochures that you hand out to people. They obviously give you a percentage on the products you sell. Some companies have a high percentage, you know, 40, 50%. Other ones have like 10%. Uh, so it's really small. The other thing about some of these networking companies is you make more money if you have people under you. And if you don't want to have a team, you don't want people under you, you're going to make a lot less money. So those are some things to keep in mind there. The other business that's really good for visually impaired people is many national product companies are always looking for salespeople. Then you're actually um, like a 1099 uh, person, so you'd be classified as a contractor. It's going to be your own business, but you'd be providing either you're going to be selling their product. You know, this is like Humanware, Freedom Scientific, Hims. Um, tons of um, thing, uh, organizations that are looking for people to work under them. There's also companies that do IT work and they want contractors. So you could have a business like that. So if you have really good skills in IT, um, just doing product support for one of these companies, you could do that. So when I talk to people about starting a business, I kind of give them all these ideas and then I ask them to kind of research each one and then see what they think that they'd like to do. And then they can go from there to once they decide in a product service company that they'd like to do, then they can talk with them. And then, then from there, create a business plan and um, decide how they're going to do it and what their clients are going to be, et cetera. Do we have another any strategy? Um, another strategy is um, developing a business, and, and I've seen this happen a lot. Maybe you'd agree with me, artists developing a, a business around a hobby or a talent. Um, if you're really good at something, um, let's face it: you start a business. Okay, you're going to have to work very hard, so you better like what you're doing. And you better love what you're doing, and you better be able to do it well, or it, it's going to be a long 60-hour um, week or 80-hour week, whatever it takes to get this thing rolling. So, um, so sometimes if you're good at something and it's something that's marketable, you can develop a business around that. And that's essentially what I sort of did when I was teaching and tutoring and just doing it as Carla Hayes for a while. Then um, all of a sudden, I was told that hey, um, if you um, if you have a business, if you, if you have a business, you can get um, more corporate work. Um, that's sort of how that started for me. Um, 
one of the fellows that I teach with at Central Christian Academy, he's a, um, a, a music teacher. He's our, our instrumental music teacher. He and a couple guys got together and they started this German Oompa band. And they go around to fairs, well, not this year, and they uh, German festivals, Oktoberfests, and they perform and they've made a lot of extra cash. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, some music teachers will um, branch off and start um, teaching piano, um, start a business teaching piano or giving instrument lessons. So um, there are a lot of ways that you can go. So you have to identify a what you're good at and what you love to do and can it be and b can it be marketable and c how might i market that business i want to add to um when it comes to talent you you are going to start off really low on the totem pole so do not get discouraged it's going to be hard performing to like three people in the audience four people and i've been there but the more you promote yourself the more um you get out there you will start seeing those numbers grow um, right now it's a little tough, but you can still do it just because of COVID. Um, but with, when it comes to promotion, social media is your best friend. Uh, the music industry has been hit hard when it comes to, uh, you know, people who are setting up the stage to promoters, to sound engineers, to even musicians and artists, they got hit hard because we can't go out there anymore and do things. But as musicians and artists, we have social media and we could do, uh, video concerts. And even not even only musicians, but like um, people who sell products just as like uh, uh, makeup, people who work in Avon and Mary Kay, they can do video tutorials on makeup and the products they're selling to show off the products. And um, I know for myself, when I do virtual concerts, I have a Venmo account under my artist name and I use it as a tip jar. And whoever wants to, when I'm performing, anybody who wants to throw in a dollar or $2 in there, they can. And that's the way I make money. It's a free concert, but a tip jar is fine. And that's just, social media is your best friend right now, especially in this time. No, that's great. Do we have any more hands, Yerlene? Yes, yes, we do. We have two so far. Norma, go ahead. Uh, I'm still struggling with finding a small business software package that is accessible with JAWS. Um, QuickBooks is way beyond what I need at least at this juncture of my business. Um, and I'm just, I'm piecemealing all this together now. And this, my question may be beyond the scope of this particular meeting, but um, right now I'm just kind of putting together my own spreadsheets in Excel and, and uh, using PayPal statements and that kind of thing. And I'm just wondering um, if anybody has found a, a real, a, just a simple small business suite that is accessible that, um, you know, uh, contact management, small inventory management, um, that kind of thing. As far as I know, QuickBooks is probably the, the best one to have all that capability. And I don't know if you've talked to anybody at Intuit. Uh, I know I have a real good contact there uh, that I used um, for like our Sagebrush conference. Um, he's one of the exhibitors, and I can send you his contact information. In fact, I thought I might, I might but have done so already. <laughs> is it? Is it? Because I understand it's not JAWS accessible out of the box. It is for most of their stuff. They have a couple of sections that's not as good that you do need to have some scripting. But they've really improved it um, in the last few years, and okay. that's why I urge you to talk to Ted because 
um, he knows what they've updated, et cetera. And I can actually send you a link to an article that we put in the vendor scope on the Intuit and what they're capable of doing too, as oh. far as that goes. And, that, um, that would be yep. that would be great because I I feel like I'm just sort of just floating in, <laughs> floating in an ocean that I'm not really grounded with this stuff and um, it's it's just I want to make my life simpler. Right, right. I currently use um, spreadsheets myself, and I have uh, uh, my daughter uh, uh, set one up for me because I didn't know how to do all the totaling and all that jazz. And so right. my daughter's, my daughter's an, a CPA. And so she was able to set one up for me uh, specifically that I could use to categorize stuff and that kind of thing. Sure. But uh, Excel works, you know, very well if you don't want to get into the big, you know, a QuickBooks program, but the QuickBooks program obviously has a lot more capabilities along the way. I don't know if you guys know of any other accounting software. That's the only one I know that's, pretty accessible. Well, I know this is going to sound strange, but I don't use any at all. I do everything by hand. I have an accordion file with the various categories. And as I get receipts in or um, 1099s for my subcontracting work or, you know, W-2s, whatever I get from my corporations, I will braille what they are and then I'll total them up and I have um, various cate categories for expenses and I just take it to my accountant. And one thing, if you have an accountant, um, you get charged by the forms that they fill out and also by their time. So don't make the mistake of just throwing everything in a shoebox and plunking it down on her desk. Well, here it is. Yeah. Artists and I have a lot in common because I was a bookkeeper um, at the time I lost my sight too. <laughs> so, um, and I've worked with spreadsheets before and things like that. I mean, a spreadsheet's a spreadsheet. They don't really change much. They just get more complicated maybe. Um, but, uh, well, yeah, I understand about the, you know, keeping everything by hand, but I'm, I'm taking payments via PayPal and I want to make use of those reports and, and things like that just to make my life easier. Well, the things that I, I get things, you know, I'll print things if I get a receipt, you know, I'll have it generate receipts and I print, I, I do a lot of printing of receipts and then I mark them. So I know what they are, and then I categorize them. To tell you the truth, I'm just a lowly linguist. A, um, a spreadsheet would just totally, <laughs> totally just intimidate me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, well, I want to add. I want to add that. Um, I know you said you 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 feel like you're in, in a big ocean. Um, <laughs> do not overwhelm yourself because uh, most of the time, a lot of us entrepreneurs put deadlines on ourselves. And those are unnecessary deadlines. And remember, it's your business. You create the deadline. You don't have to listen to the deadline you first set. You can move it back. You just, just remember, focus on, because we, we can fall down the rabbit hole as deep as we can, and we're going to put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And just, well, just try to focus on one thing at a time. And the you, only you, deadlines I pay attention to are the ones that the IRS and the state of Iowa yeah. give out. Yeah. <laughs> I just learned how to do a Schedule C. <laughs> um, I'm lucky I'm still speaking and not on the floor in a fetal position. Anyway, if you do the work as you go along, too, you know, I mean, not let it go yeah. to the last. Yes. That is huge. Um, if you oh, definitely, that. definitely. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do all mine. I initially, when I started my business, when I was in food service, I would just do everything um, in uh, Braille. 
And then later when I got my first computer, well, then I started putting it on the computer. And of course, that improved my life immensely. And so I did all of my stuff in Word. I put all of my uh, daily um, cash and my daily transactions and stuff in Word. And then I just add them up with a calculator. But then as I learned Excel and found out that it could automatically <clears throat> add things, um, if you you know, put the right, how to write the, how to write the formulas. Yeah. The formula. and that's what I'm doing with Excel and I'm also using word and just, yeah. And, um, I just would like it that if something happened in Excel, it would reflect it in, you know, my, uh, like profit loss statement or my credit debit statement. You know what I mean? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. That, I have, that I just have to transfer um, you know, myself into a file, but I, I totally understand. I, I, um, and I don't know, QuickBooks might have, uh, uh, you know, I'm just aware of their big one where they have everything now, maybe now through time, maybe they've come up with one that's smaller for just entrepreneurs. Like, I'm not like sure. A QuickBooks light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be oh, great. I have to talk to Ted about that. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Cause I, I'm, I don't even consider myself a small business. I'm kind of a micro business. Um, but I, uh, I, I value my sanity. <laughs> okay. Desiree. Thanks everyone. Um, well, I don't value my sanity, so I'm actually <laughs> just coming out with a book that I need to actually finish setting up the white uh, the web page for. I've got um, working on a t-shirt shop and also starting a YouTube channel focusing on sewing low vision blind person sewing clothes. So yeah, not, not taking sanity here. So I have heard <laughs> a lot of wonderful good things on here and um, I see that it's recording. Is this recording going to be available? And if so, where can I find it? It'll be, a down, put it in a podcast and you'll be able to find it at acbradio.org um, slash ACB convention. Um, and I can put that link out. Um, um, I'll put it out on the Ivy list. If you're not subscribed to the Ivy list, you can subscribe by I-V-I-E dash subscribe at uh -huh. acblists.org. Awesome. And Thank if you. you have a Victor stream, you can um, go to the podcasts and then, you know, to when, where you can search for a new podcast by title search, just type in ACB and um, you'll get, um, it'll show up amongst other things and then subscribe to the ACB, I forget what they call it, convention or conference podcast and they're already updating that i i like today i saw there were like um hundred and some of them on there just from this conference so they're they're doing it as we speak wow nothing you might want to check you. out uh, nothing you want to check out is uh next generation did a youtube and instagram seminar and they I was had there three for that yeah, yeah. So you might want to. Oh, yeah. If you want to listen to that too, over again, they had some good things to talk about. Because James Rath, I was so yeah. there for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they had they had plenty of good uh, uh, tips for YouTubers. Yes, they do. That's the one on um, Instagram and YouTube. You're talking yes, about. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes.
I, I listened to the beginning of it, but then I had to leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great promotional tool when it comes to YouTube. Um, so yeah, she said she had a YouTube channel, so that'll be some good tools on there. I would like to learn how to set up a YouTube channel. I can think of all kinds of educational possibilities, things that I could offer if I could do that. We have another question from 503 when you're ready. Okay, you can hear me, right? Yes. We hear you. Are you there? Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, all right, so first of all, there is, it's true, as blind people, there is no substitute for having an accessible uh, program. But I, I guess I want to mention that I don't, I'm going to mention that Ira has a, a, actually a promotion with Intuit. I'm not sure what all the details are with that, but and I, I guess I just want to remind us as blind people that Ira is definitely a great, um, like if you need sighted assistance, um, well, I just can't sing Ira's praises enough. Not a part of the Ira company. I'm just a, a user that adores them. <laughs> They're sure, yeah. invaluable. Um, and also, I all of that getting a business license, et cetera, is that necessary if you are, for example, just being a private consultant for a mayor or a private consultant, if you will, or whatever, for a place like Mary Kay, Avon, LaBella Baskets, um, that type of no. thing? Because as I start no. this, I, that's, that's one thing that I'm considering. No, because then you would just do it under your name using your social security number. Because they provide a okay. website with their with their website slash your name or whatever your your and you know right. whatever and so you don't have it, to get a business uh, license for that because it's uh, okay. covered under theirs and you pay your sales tax through them um, um, so it's it's kind of and it depends probably should check with each individual one because I'm not sure if they're all the same way but a lot of them they work you know, with you on that, so. Okay, because I, yeah, I am planning on, I mean, it, it would be like LaBella Basket slash whatever my name would be. That would be what my website officially is, although my plan is to have, like, I, my own website and then, a, a like, to put a link on the website by, I don't know, by a gift or something. Basically, right. an easier way to get to the same link, but yes at the heart of it is lavellabaskets.com slash, I don't know, Ann Verdine or whatever it turns out to be. Right, right. Now, if you decide you want to have purchase the products and then sell them uh, by going to friends and family, then you will have to uh, file sales tax and so forth. But you can do that, you know, under your name or your business too. So, but it's, uh, I would talk to them because each one of them has different rules on how they work their businesses. Okay. Well, yeah, I, my plan is not actually to resell. It's to it's it's more to to um, listen to what people need and then go to our catalog, our meaning the company that I'm representing, and figure out what they have and point them to my online store through Labella. So, yeah, okay. Okay, sounds good. Mind you, I haven't created that yet, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Norma? 
Uh, I want to mention that members of Ivy, which are also members of ACB, uh, would be able to start a brand new account at IRA for a discount. Uh, that promo, don't know when it's going to end, but I hopped on recently and um, you get, normally you would pay uh, 30 minutes, $30 for 30 minutes, you can get 30 minutes for $20. So you save $10, but you have to be a uh, Ivy member or an ACB member, but preferably Ivy. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> did, did, I do, also, did I do well? <laughs> you did well. You did well. The other thing is that Ira, um, when you're doing, working with some companies, like was mentioned, like with Intuit, with the QuickBooks, uh, they don't charge you for those minutes because QuickBooks and them have an ongoing um, relationship. Same with JAWS. Uh, if you have JAWS questions, you can call Ira and they'll do it and they won't charge you because they have a relationship with uh, Freedom Scientific. So and Microsoft some, too, I think. There's a okay. bunch of them. Yeah, right. So there's too. a bunch of companies where you, you don't get charged for the minutes if you're needing help with those kind of things. And they'll also help entrepreneurs uh, with, for free if you're working on business things. So if you're working on your business and you need help, they won't charge you for that either. So there's lots of thing, uh, freebies that IRA has to offer. So you just need to have an IRA account. And then once you have that account, you can take advantage of those free minutes whenever you need them. And then you have the, the um, freebies where you can um, have free IRA help for five minutes. And then, um, and I thought, wow, that's, that's not going to help because if it's only five minutes a day, but I've discovered that if your five minutes expires, you just call them back and they'll give you another five minutes. Okay, we have no more questions right now. Also, there's Be My Eyes you can use too. The only thing you have to remember if you're using the Be My Eyes app, the volunteers come from all over the world and they're uh, volunteers, so they are not bonded. So if you're doing any information that you don't want them to have, like if you're working on accounting, for example, a credit card numbers or anything that <clears throat> you are afraid that somebody might get a hold of, then you're better off to use IRA because all of their agents are paid and they're bonded. Uh, but Be, Eyes, Be My Eyes is free and it works well for lots of things, you know, like if you're uh, putting away inventory and you want to know what's what, things like that, Be My Eyes would be great. But it's just that one thing you want to keep in mind that uh, if you're going through mail, um, you might want them to read the envelope where it's from first and then decide not to use them to read that particular item or if it's something else, you don't care. So just keep that in mind. I want to add um, some, uh, some people may get, get this confused. I know when I first started learning about this, the word copyright and the word trademark, uh, two different things. Uh, copyright is just something that, like it's, it's insurance that you own the name that you're using um, and trademark is something that you uh, 
want to sell like on a t-shirt if you like uh from from my for example my my podcast name mind blind life um if i want to put that on a t-shirt i would want to get that trademark because that's something that i want to sell on a t-shirt or on mugs or any any item that i want to sell um but also have it copyrighted uh for just purposes of anybody who wants to take that name like well i have that's basically insurance insurance that you have that name and that belongs to you I know a few people get that confused and I've had people ask me like, what's the difference? And I just want to point that out for some right. of you that may not know. And you also copyright works like um, yes. the educational materials, um, my dynamic communication course say, or my ESL course, I got a copyright on them. Um, and so, so that I mean, that's what a copyright does. It's an, is, is your podcast, my blind, uh, what is it called? The blind life? Uh, uh, my blind life. My Blind Life, is it, it, will the A-Lady play it? Yes, uh, she'll play it on TuneIn. Um, you can also play it on Google, uh, Apple, um, basically everywhere where podcasts are able to. Oh, great, we're going to check, gonna yeah. check that out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, ironically, it's not about My Blind Life. It's about um, everyone else's. So uh, if you guys want to get on there, just shoot me a message, and uh, I'll, I'll give it to you at the end of this uh, seminar. <laughs> and what's it called again? My Blind Life. It's um, it's basically a, a way for um, blind individuals to tell their stories uh, because you know everyone's different. We're not all the same, and it's a way to tell show the side of people we're all different. Like, we're not all the same people. But so yeah, it's kind of um, similar to blind abilities. They kind of do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just story time. <laughs> <laughs> So, and I, when it comes to promotion, anything used, like now, like right just now, I just use this as a promotional tool. Uh, so anywhere you can promote it, try not to do it obnoxiously, but any chance you can get, promote yourself. Um, like I said, you're, you, you are your own business. So promote it, especially now with COVID, try to find a, a way to slip in anything to promote yourself. Because, uh, and especially use your friends and your family. Um, they can help you promote use your voice, use their voices, uh, Facebook as well, interact with comments. Um, that way Facebook algorithms can put uh, your name on top of your friends list and your family's list. So the more you interact with people on Facebook, the more you'll get noticed. Um, you can use the Facebook um, promotional tool to pay, but I, I find it more um, reliable if you just interact with people, and especially when you do videos people like to hear their, their comments read and they'll interact a lot more. Like I've gotten, I did one video for like 30 minutes and I got over 500 comments just because I interacted with them. Another so thing, your best, another one of your best promotions is word of mouth from satisfied customers. Yes, yes. You know, yes. when I do my classes for homeschoolers, my corporate classes, um, some of the seminars that I do, um, somebody speaks up and said, hey, this was a really good Langwilern seminar, or um, she does homeschool classes, and, you know, it's really good. I get more calls from that than I do from, I, I do a yellow book listing, and I do um, some, some other networking things. I actually get more from my word of mouth advertising than all of those things put together. We have the rating two and reviews. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. We have two hand raised, so Great. just so you'll know. Bring them on. 
Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if he wanted to finish his comment. Oh, I, oh, no, sorry. no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, Teresa? Hello. Um, I have a question about reporting to Social Security because reporting self-employment is very different than reporting, you know, regular employment. Years ago when I had a massage business, it, it wasn't a big deal at that point, but they've gotten a lot stricter. And um, has anybody had an experience like with with that? I've tried to get hooked up with a past plan advocate person, and they just are not responding. I had a bad experience with SSA. Oh gosh, it's probably been fifteen years ago. Right, exactly. Um, I don't want to go through that. <laughs> yeah, um, they actually. Well, most of the time they updated automatically from your um, tax returns, mm -hmm. and um, they uh, keep track of that. And I got a, a response from them, and they they. Uh, sent me a letter saying my earnings were too high and I was going to lose uh, my benefits. So I had to go in and talk to them. And what I found out is for some reason, somebody had changed my identifier um, as a um, person with a different type of disability and blindness. You have a lot more leeway. And, right. uh, and so it makes it, it does make a difference that you get the right SSA person that you can interact with, which isn't easy because a lot of them don't understand the benefits that you have as mm -hmm. a self-employed individual. Right. You have a lot more things that you can um, take off. I mean, you can't take them off your income tax, but you can take them off as a self-employed individual. Like if you get people assisting you with things that you're not paying them to assist you, um, those are kind of, a blind blindness related um, that you can take off. Yeah, so you need to find the right SSA person because make sure you get someone that knows what you're talking about. But I'm surprised you didn't get back to you. That's weird. Yeah, it's pretty frustrating. I yeah yeah. Is, is there somewhere to look on the Social Security website or some way to? How do I know I'm getting a good person or how do I find out more information? Um, actually, I have a gal I work with who does presentations for the Sagebrush Conference every year. Okay. And um, I can ask her if she knew a particular person. Now, she specializes in Randall Shepard businesses, but right. um, I'm sure she might know of someone that would be good um, in that particular area. So okay. who is this I'm talking to? Teresa Christian in Portland. Oh, hi, Teresa. Okay, hi. sure, sure. I'll, um, um, if you can email me and give me, um, and then just remind me in case I forget. Okay. Yeah, no worries. Got a lot going okay. on this week. <laughs> okay, thank you. Chelsea? Yes, thank you. Um, hi, this is uh, Chelsea Nguyen. I was um, on the last session with Carla and, um, I can't, artisan, is that right? Artist. 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 Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I, the question I have is um, during this COVID time, a lot of people are unemployed and things like that. But obviously, since we're business owners, a lot of us are either home or not working as much. So when we're doing like, let's just say online workshops or things like that, 
is it okay to still charge for it? And if so, with every, a lot of people being unemployed, how much do we charge? What makes it okay? And then the, the, to add on to that, I had heard Stephen say earlier that whenever he does like an online concert or something, he'll do like a tip jar on, you know, Venmo or whatever. Um, is that okay as a form to do that? Or, or what do you suggest? And then to cap it all off, if we do get donations for doing something online or trainings or workshops or whatever, do we have to claim that on our taxes? So I know it's a loaded, lots of loaded questions, but. <laughs> yes, you to do claim. have to claim it. You do have to claim, have to claim any it. earnings uh, on your taxes. And uh, I have a donation link on my website just uh -huh. because not everybody wants to buy products um, off my website. So if they want to pay me by credit card, I have a link that's for payments and donations so they can um, send me money that way. But uh, I'll let Steve answer how he does it for his. So um, I personally don't charge people to see me come play unless it's like in, in person. But uh, when it comes to online, it depends. I, I personally think it depends on you, depending if um, you think whatever it is you're giving out is worth um, selling, whether it's information or um, just anything. Uh, the reason why I use Venmo as a tip jar is because it, it, people can watch from home and people can watch anywhere. Like it's on Facebook. So a tip jar is just like a courtesy thing. If you guys want to, you know, tip, um, go ahead and leave me a, a couple of dollars and you don't have to, but most of the time people will and I'll get a good amount. But like I said, it's, it's, I think I personally feel it's, it's depending on you, whether you think whatever it is you're giving out is, is worth it. I know, um, some other people, uh, do charge, but they do it on this app or website called Patreon. And you have to pay like a monthly thing, like $2, $3, or depending how many, how much you want to charge. And they get exclusive things like, uh, like personal songs or, or like a personal concert, like a one-on-one -on -one concert or different things like that. But like I said, I just, I feel personally, if it depends on yourself, whether it is, you think it's, um, it's worth selling. Well, I mean, I, I mean, to answer that question, I mean, there are clients, I mean, that would like, I would pay me hourly previously. So I don't know if I should change that at all due to COVID because of multiple situation. Um, that's really the conundrum. I don't, I, there's no doubt that I bring value to people's lives and empower them with, you know, the skills and the education that I provide. But at the same time, I, I feel my heartstrings. I don't, I don't feel like I can charge as much just because of the, the situation that most people are going through in the world right now. Sure. So how do we answer that between compassion and yet at the same time trying to make a living during these times? Because we all have to pay our own bills. We all have, we to, all have to go through that. What do y'all think? I, I feel it like, if it's something so we all have to go through it i i would probably drop my prices down either half or something but uh most people would understand that you know you also got to pay bills as well um but that's just me that's just uh i grew up in a bad neighborhood and that's the hustle mentality <laughs> so um if 
if you feel that you need to charge, then go right ahead. That's, you know, I personally would charge too. If, if I was doing something like a, like a, like a party, I would do a virtual party. I would charge and I would charge maybe half of what I would normally charge. But uh, if it's just a regular concert I'm putting on for everyone, then I wouldn't. But if you feel like you bring some value to people's lives, I, I, I think that, I think you would, I personally think you should. I charge and um, because my work is very labor intensive and doing it online makes it even more labor intensive intensive. I have a question. This is Kelly. Can you go me? ahead, Kelly? Go ahead. Okay. Um, and, uh, Stephen, what is that website again? You said Patreon. Yes. Patreon. What is the website? Patreon.com. I believe it's p-a-t-r-i-o-n.com um, a lot of youtubers and, and entrepreneurs use it it's it's like a um, kind of like a tiered thing uh, depending on what you're giving out um, it you they charge people who subscribe to you like a monthly fee whether it's two dollars or fifteen dollars depending on what you want to charge rather so than the, PayPal. Okay, so the, the so the employer has to pay for it or the um, the customers? The customer pays for it. Okay, okay I, I don't know PayPal. that I got the I, right. I use PayPal um, for what for when I um, charge fees and people want to use your credit card. And I do charge like uh, my coaching. Okay, uh, I'm just I in getting resources, but I don't think that, I don't know. I'm probably not the, spelling it right. If I have the right site, if it's. If you follow um, Next Generation or students, I'll definitely post it on there. That way, everyone can find it. I I don't I'm know exactly a lot how of the spelling is. Yeah. I, I I'll, I'll, okay. I'll post it on there. That way, everyone can find it. Okay, and if you want to send it to me, I can uh, post it on the Ivy list too. Post it sure, on what? Yeah. Uh, I'll be on IVS, uh, IVS, uh, ACB students, and ACB Next Gen. Okay, I need to give the ending CEU code. Sure. Okay, this is for those who registered for CEU credit, continuing education credit. The ending code is. A as in alpha, zero, nine, two, A as in alpha. Repeating, A as in alpha, zero, nine, two, A. And you had well, a high number of 35 here. Well, thank you. Thank you awesome. for everyone for participating and for asking your questions. And especially to my panel, Carla and Stephen, we appreciate your assistance. And I no thought worries. it really went well. Hope you have yeah. a great rest of the convention. You guys have a good one.